Welcome to the Town and Country Podcast, Two Churches, One Ministry. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful day in Cedar Falls. According to the Iowa Cold Tolerance Thermometer, this is actually a warm day in relation to the past several weeks, so we'll take the warmer days as they come. I'm your host, Jonathan Illion, and once again, we have with us Pastor Kevin Richter, who's the pastor at St. John Lutheran in Rhinebeck, Iowa, and Reverend Dr. Gerald Kapanka, who is the pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Cedar Falls. Falls, Iowa. So what do you guys think? Does this qualify as a nice day here in Iowa? Yeah, no? it's, a, it's a beautiful day out there. It's <laughs> fine by me. Even though it's a little bit cloudy. But. Yeah, nice is really relative. I just got back from uh, South Texas where it was 80 and sunny uh, about oh. three days ago, and I was worried about getting sunburned. So uh, nice yeah. is really relative. I, I am so <laughs> envious. I don't understand. But we are now on the fourth installment of the Town & Country podcast. And for those of you who are new to our podcast, we are working through a total of six weeks of each of you uh, preaching sermons on the same chapter in Ephesians. However, the path that you take when you're preaching those sermons might differ from one another. So the sermons might be similar, they might be completely different. So today we're going to go back and compare notes on your sermons on Ephesians 4. So last week we started with Pastor Kapanka. So Pastor Kevin, you're up first. So how did this week's message develop for you? And what was the main point of what you preached on when it came to Ephesians 4? Well, I wrote a really, really, really long sermon that I was sure my people did not want to sit through. So <laughs> if they were in church this morning, they actually saw that I broke it up. I did uh, 10 minutes in the beginning of the service before worship had even started, just recapping the last three weeks. I really wanted to hit home on those first three chapters are one unit laying the foundation of the gospel, that we are in in Christ and we are saved by grace. That's done. That, that, that's been established. Now, these next three chapters are a separate unit, really looking at now that we're in Christ and we've been saved by grace, how do we live life? And so I really, you know, my, my subtitle was God's plan of salvation calls us to live a life of holiness. You know, what does this life of holiness look like? What does it mean to be holy? And of course, I just took the two major chunks, kind of, you know, St. Paul says we're one. You know, he really drives home the point that we are one, one body and one Lord, one spirit, one faith, one baptism. But that in that oneness, we each have our own unique role to play. We have our own unique calling. And so we all want to walk in our own way in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called because we are one building up, growing the church, being built up in love. And then the, the second part is, you know, what does that new life look like? Putting off the old, repenting of our old ways, uh, uh, being led to be a new creation, that new self and actually living these ways, uh, putting the rubber to the road and doing this life of holiness. Okay, perfect. Well, Pastor Kapanka, how did yours come out? 
Well, first of all, I want to say I don't think it's fair that you get to, to preach two sermons and <laughs> and get credit for this. Now, if I knew we could do a you know a half hour prelim sermon and then do the whole sermon, it would change the rules of this game here we're well, playing. <laughs> I would have thought the Reverend Doctor Great Kahuna Kapenko would know he could do whatever he wants as the pastor. But <laughs> I've been taking my lead for this from this young guy this uh, who's been uh, leading us through this. Uh, no, I think that's great, and and one of the challenges we've always faced is that. Um, just trying to get so much into such uh, little time that we have. Um, no, I, I, I think you, you hit the main points here, is that there is a, a definite tone change in, in Ephesians chapter 4 than there was in the first three chapters. And and um, while you, you took a, a, a more specific point on it, I took maybe a, a little more philosophical look um, when I was looking at uh, chapter 4 as kind of beginning to uh, approach the idea of how do we begin to walk worthy. Um, and I, I emphasize this idea of uh, the, the Paul urged the walk verse, versus commanded or demanded. Um, and the, the idea that so many of us, when we talk about our Christian uh, sanctification, our, our Christian uh, piety, um, put it in the context of the law. You're required, you're expected, you're demanded, you're obligated to behave in a certain way. Um, and, and we see this in, in different denominations and diff- different expectations that you've got to behave a certain way. Um, and I, I wanted to avoid that reality um, and that this is a joyful gift that we get to. That, that Paul didn't say, I command you now for to walk worthy of the calling you've had. Um, and so we, we, I put on this, this uh, sermon the emphasis on he urged us. He, he chose that word specifically. Um, and then... Uh, followed up with the the um, virtues of humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, um, and then that set the tone for what it actually looks like. And so I kind of uh, use those as the foundation for my text and, and sermon. Uh, I did it in less than a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically I did too, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, I did touch on that, that this is more law because it's what we do. And anything we do is always going to be more law driven, right? You know, that it it feels like a command requirement. And it is God's will for our life that we live this lifestyle. But I think that's where St. Paul brings in several times of like, what is the purpose of it? That we're all growing together, that the body is growing, that we're being built up in love. You know, what is the law? Love. And so the, f- exactly. the fact is we try to do this that we get to do, you know, not that we have to do, but we get to do this. It's all based on doing it so that the kingdom grows in love. Yeah. And I think that that has to be emphasized when you're when you're making the conversation between um, justification and sanctification, um, when you're doing between um, salvation and, and works, you have to look at the motivation um, because it's so easy to, to turn this into uh, a what works righteousness. Um, and so I think that's a point that has to be um, drilled into our minds, that this is a response to what God does um, in a sense of love. So when we're at this point in Ephesians, how does this tie together for the main theme of what we're going to be doing for Ephesians 5? Where are you going to go from here? Well, I think really, you know, chapters 4, 5, and 6 all tie together into what does this life in Christ look like. And so this is setting it up, you know, kind of that in Christ we bear with one another, you know, that we're never alone in this, you know, because what he's going to get to in chapter 5 is being called out of the darkness and into the light. And again, I think in our 
individualistic American culture, it can feel like I just got to get myself out of the darkness and into the light of Christ. I have to do this by myself. I have to do this for myself. And I'm only making sure I'm doing this, you know, and so by setting up this oneness that we are one body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism is that reminder that as we're being called from darkness to light, we're never on our own. We can't do it by ourselves. We need a community around us, and it's the whole community working together to do that. Same thing, what I'm going to look at in the end of five and all of six is all the relationships we've been called into, you know, from husband and wife to parent and child to uh, uh, our relationship with God versus our relationship with the enemy. All these things are, again, in the oneness, you know, that we're never alone. It's not just about me trying to do this. And, of course, in, in Paul's day, they, they weren't really worried about their individualistic me do this. Mm-hmm. They were very much a community mind. And so I think these words speak powerfully to our culture today of it's not just about me and on my own. It's about us all in one living this life of humility, bearing with one another, you know, living this life of holiness, coming out of the darkness into the light together, uh, being in relationship with one another in this holiness. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think uh, the beginning of chapter 4 begins to set that transition by, by laying the foundation with the virtues of, of gentleness and, and, and uh, humility and bearing with one another of love, uh, this oneness that, that he, he that wonderful uh, 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 almost... Uh, liturgy of psalm that that one faith one hope one baptism one lord jesus christ that he sets in then he gets into as chapter five and six unfolds the the vocation of this so here's the attitude here's the expression here's the the uh, the uh, uh, nature of who you are and this is how it plays out in your personal uh, vocations of life and how it rolls out so we'll see more of a specific examples of what that looks like and how that that plays out in in chapters five and six uh, in life. I think the other thing too, you know, one of the points I really drove home was by Paul b- b- stressing and really hammering in this oneness. He is trying to remove us from the, the, um, comparison identity. Yeah. You know, that yeah. there's no room in the Christian church to compare yourself to others. I'm not a better Christian or a worse Christian. And I really drove home all the different ways he talks about that. You know, there's apostles, you know, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, one's not better than the other. They're all needed. They all have their part to play. And in fact, he even sums up that portion of the chapter by saying, when we each part is working together properly, right? We like, we all have to do our part and work together. And so, you know, the other part he talks about is the, the, the knowledge of a child versus the to- knowledge of a mature adult. Well, we join this journey of faith at different stages in life. Some of us are just at the beginning learning. Some of us have learned a whole bunch. And so, again, there's a place of comparison. I don't know as much as him. I'll never know the Bible as well as that person. I can't memorize Scripture the way he or she does. There's no room for that in the church. So it's not about comparing and finding our identity based on each other. It's about all of us finding our identity in Christ. And as we do that, then we can live that life. We can come out of the darkness into light. We can be in that relationship with each other because we're confident in who we are in Christ, not who we are compared to others. Yeah, and that is such a, a beautiful point. I'm, I'm so glad you brought it up because that's exactly what the nature of the church is. As he talks about, you know, we are we are this beautiful collection of individuals with gift, talents, and abilities working together for the oneness of Christ, for the body of Christ, um, and, you know, for, for no other reason. The very nature of this podcast is a reflection of that, you know, um, the the two churches, one ministry concept, 
you know, we have unique talents that, that you bring to the table. And, and as much as I love to give you grief and we, we harass each other, um, you make my ministry better by the gifts and talents that you, you bring to this. And, and I rejoice in that. Now, I will never tell you that to your face because, you know, I don't want to get you to big head, but you, you are, you, you have a certain talent. I, I would have never thought of doing a podcast if hadn't have been, uh, you know, Pastor Richter coming and saying, hey, let's do this, or, or even this, this kind of, uh, let's preach our own sermon and compare them. You know, that's a gift that you've brought to the church, and, and you know, I may have a different gift that I, I offer to you, although I haven't figured out what it is yet. Um, it's there but, somewhere, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll we'll show up it. long after yes. I'm gone, I'm sure. Um, but that just idea that everyone contributes in their own way, um, and that's, that's the beauty of what the church is, and we do it in humility and gentleness and kindness, because it's about Christ and not about us. Um, and I, and I, that's great. I think the other part, too, that I you know, talked about was, you know, this goes beyond synods, this goes beyond denominations, yes. this goes yeah. beyond branches of Christianity. This is the one church, yeah. you, you know, the universal little C Catholic apostolic Christian church that um, we are all playing our part, and we are all one Lord, one faith, one baptism, working together to equip all the saints. You know, I mean, this is just such beautiful language to get us out of our American Christianity mindset of, you know, I really don't like that we call every little building a church. You know, all we are is a congregation. All we are is one little portion of the one true church, you know. And so, yeah, we're not two churches working together. We're, we're two congregations in the one universal church doing this, and we do benefit from being together. And how many churches out there don't benefit because they're isolated all on their own, not working with anybody else, not being a part of the bigger church, instead of reaching out and sharing those gifts and talents to be the one Christian church. And I, I think that's one of the challenges our, our church body, the denomination we have, is training up our pastors to get out of this mindset that you are the lone ranger, that you've got to do everything yourself, and you've got to do all this. And you've brought that to me as, as a pastor who's come. I think that we've maybe done a better job recently than when the old guys coming out of the seminary where you were it. Um, you had to do it all. And being able to recognize uh, that we work in partnership much better and we have accomplished much more than we do as, as a bunch of individuals. And if we can bring that into the work within the congregations, um, that, that we're all pulling together. Uh, and, and Paul does this. He sets the tone for us beautifully in, in chapter 4. And the beautiful thing, you know, you, you preach a sermon and you're going through church, and then we went to adult Bible study and we're doing um, the temple of God as the living stones, you know, that it's oh, yeah. all the people who yeah. make up God's one temple and he lives in us. You know, and, and the members caught on that from our perspective, people being the temple of God looks messy, looks divided, looks like a bunch of sinners struggling and floundering to try to be the majestic, beautiful temple of God. But when God looks down, he sees the beauty of, you know, bringing all these people of different races, ethnicities, backgrounds, you know, social cultures, all these different things together to be the one temple, you know, and, and many parts, one body, many people, one Lord, uh, many home styles, backgrounds, one faith, many different ages and places in life, one baptism, you know, and brings us together to be his one temple where his presence reigns in us. That mosaic of, of God's gift that he gives to each one of us, that each one of us have our own color and shape, but yeah. when you put it together and look at it from, from the perspective of heaven, the perspective of God's kingdom, it makes this beautiful picture of, of Christ on earth uh, so, so wonderfully done. And, and when we work together 
that's when we see the church grow. You know, when we yeah. are the the love of Christ shared with one another, that's when we build ourselves up in love because when people look in and see that, they want to be part of it. Now, if they look in and see the division and the messiness and the sinners, they may not want to be a part of that. Yeah. But when they see <laughs> the church being the one church that Paul describes here, it will grow. It will build itself up in love, not because we're doing the work in legalistic law, but because Christ's presence is there and his love is there, and that will just naturally grow. So, And I think that that is, uh, in summary, that is one of those big messages that we need to send out to people who are listening to this podcast, people who are involved in the church, or whether you've, you're, you're coming in as someone brand new or you've been in the church your whole life. Everyone plays a role, and and no matter what you do, you are a part of that grand church, that ministry that Jesus wants us to be to one another, to the world. And I think that this this combination that we have together between these two churches, I think that that is something that we've we've all seen the benefits and the blessings from that. So I love this. This is so good. So thank you very much for joining us today for the Town & Country podcast, Two Churches, One Ministry. Special thanks goes out to our audio engineer for setting up this podcast, Mr. Dave Kaler. You are a wizard. Thank you so much for everything that you do. On behalf of Pastor Kevin and Pastor Kapenka, I am your host, Jonathan Illion, and we invite you to come back next week as we bring the next installment of the Town & Country podcast. Thanks again, and have a great week.